Over the years, I had to really focus on finding a science curriculum that could engage my children at the level they were at, especially with the various needs that we had in our home. Not every science curriculum really fit with my kids. And I also was so very overtasked that it was hard for me to envision doing all the sorts of science at the kitchen table that I really did want to do with them. And I also wanted a faith-based approach to teaching science, something that really aligned with the Charlotte Mason lifestyle. So Charlotte, she believed in providing a really rich and varied education and to help encompass all of the child's development, including spiritual growth. And so I really did want that faith perspective, even in our science. So we reached out to a couple who have impacted my family's life just dramatically over the last decade. Luke and Trisha Gilkerson are the founders of Journey Homeschool Academy. My children have taken almost all of the courses that, that Luke and Trisha have offered, and it has suited all of the needs of my children. So these are amazingly flexible courses with incredible support and just so much fun. I think the fun has been one of the pieces that's really drawn our family to it because even Steve and I, as we've been able to engage with some of the video content and with our children as they learn and they're so interested and we get to go out at night and look at the stars with the kids on their projects when we were doing astronomy, for example, you know, it just really created this excitement even in the parents. And we really, we got to just truly enjoy it. You know, Charlotte Mason, she would emphasize that science isn't just a subject to be studied. It's a means to discover and appreciate the wonders of God's creation. And that is exactly how we have felt every time that we have taken one of these courses. So I'm really, I'm so thrilled to have Luke and Tricia here today so that they can share why they have such an emphasis on instilling Christian values through science and to be able to share with us, you know, the importance of that in a child's life and education. And so I believe you're going to love this episode. I had so much fun recording it. (laughs) And so I'm excited for you to listen in. Hey mamas, welcome to her home and heart podcast. Do you want balance in your home life and peace in your heart at the end of each long day? Do you want to let go of feelings of failure because you've yelled at the kids again despite promising yourself and God you'd stop? I'm Katie. I'm a homeschooling mom who also had little kids and wanted to create a thriving home environment. In this podcast, you'll find resources for holistic living, heart connection with your family, and homeschooling so that you won't wake up to regret one day. Even if you have outside-the-box learners or your own health challenges, you'll find support here. Breathe deeply, grab a coffee, and let the kids go play, because it's time for you to find peace and fulfillment that you've been longing for. Let's go. Have you been feeling overwhelmed and unsure about how to navigate this parenting and homeschooling journey? I hear you, and I'm here to help. I'm so excited. I put together for you a cheat sheet. It's going to unveil my secrets to finding balance and harmony inside of a unique home ecosystem. You're going to be able to say goodbye to chaos and confusion and embrace much more peace and a fulfilling experience for a whole family. And as a special bonus, I've added to this cheat sheet my top five secrets for you to love your homeschool, to help you create a nurturing environment where your all of your children, including your special needs child and you, can thrive. 
I've added practical strategies and some heartfelt insights, and I know they're going to make a world of difference for you in your daily life. I understand the challenges that you face. I live it every day, even today. And so this resource is designed specifically for parents just like you and me. I want you to be able to take a deep breath, gather your strength, and find renewed inspiration on this very unpredictable journey. I don't want exhaustion to hold you back from finding the support and the guidance that you need. So go to herhomeandheart.net slash free. The link is in the description and you will find that you can get your free copy there today. You will also find that I have many other resources for you in the description. And I hope that this podcast today helps you as well. I would love to give you a big hug and just let you know you are not alone on this path. Together, we can empower each other and create families where we have a nurturing environment, a joyful homeschooling experience, even if we have a special needs child. I'm very, very glad that you allow me into your daily life to embrace and guide and support you. It's time to find clarity and renewed energy on your unique parenting and homeschooling journey. Go to herhomeandheart.net slash free. This week, I'm so excited to bring to you two of my homeschool heroes, Luke and Trisha Gilkerson, who, and Trisha is the founder of a popular blog that I started reading, I don't even know how long ago. It's been so long, I've lost count. Intoxicated on life. And I recommend you go check it out. And she is the co-founder with Luke of the leading science-focused home education curriculum company. They founded Journey Homeschool Academy, which my kids absolutely love. And we have done... I think most of most of the classes and continue repeating them. <laughs> they are passionate educators and devoted parents. Trisha has a background in biology and counseling. And so she and Luke together expertly bridge the gap between faith and science. They are dedicated to enriching homeschool education and instilling Christian values to positive, positively impact thousands of families just like mine. Luke and Trisha, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for thank having us. Thank you so us. much, Katie. Yeah, I am really excited for everybody who is listening to be able to know what you guys offer, why you do this, and why I am personally so enthralled with your homeschool academy, because my family are just, we love it. You guys have blessed our family. So so I'd love to know, how did you guys get involved in this teaching of science to homeschool families? Uh, I, well... We both taught at a local homeschool co-op and um, we started hearing the need really a number of years ago. We started going to different homeschool conferences. We were speaking at them. We were taking some of the books that we had and selling them. And at that time, we didn't have anything for science. Um, And we really, it wasn't our full-time thing. It was just kind of a part-time thing. And we kept hearing from parents saying, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do once my kids hit junior high or once my kids hit high school. I cannot keep homeschooling because I can't teach science. We can't do science at home or my kids want to go into biology or chemistry when they get to college. I can't do those labs and have them prepared to do that once they get to college. And, you know, I've got a background and I started thinking, well, why not? Why can't parents do that? There's no reason in this day and age with the resources we have at our fingertips that parents can't do that. Maybe, you know, 20, 30 years ago would have been more difficult, but we've got so many resources now at our fingertips. And really, 
They just need the correct resources to put into their kid's hand to make that happen. And that's when we started thinking through Luke was teaching an astronomy class at our local homeschool co-op at that point. And I said, Luke, let's let's just put a video camera on you and record you because all the kids love your astronomy classes so much fun. And we'll we'll develop this into a course and we'll put it up online. And he said, oh, nobody would care about that course. (laughs) (laughs) I was totally skeptical. I'm like, no one's going to buy this. No one put a a camera on him in class. We did end up recording at home at our dining room table. And that's how the first course came about and people loved it and kept asking for more. And uh, so our next course that we worked on developing was biology. I had taught that at our co-op. I had taught a number of different science courses at our co-op over the years, but that's that was kind of my baby because I love biology. That's my background. And, yeah. and so it, that was, so over the years, we've just developed stuff for elementary, middle school, high school, uh, all sorts of subjects, whether it's astronomy or biology, uh, chemistry, we're working on physics right now, earth science, uh, you know, th- that kind of. Uh, so that's that how we got started. Yeah. And <laughs> so it started as just just a seed of an idea that eventually spawned into a whole line of of uh, courses that now we have. Well, we've families like yours that like to come <laughs> back time and time again in order to uh, to get uh, to earn, learn a lot about the sciences, especially from a Christian Christian worldview. That's been something, one of many pieces that's been so valuable is that it was taught from a Christian worldview, which was really important to my husband and I. And I was one of those parents who I hear a lot of parents coming to me saying, oh my gosh, I don't know how to teach my kids science. And a lot of parents just don't know how to teach their kid at all. At least they think they don't know. (laughs) And then they realize, no, no, you're the kid's best teacher, but they have to be, you know, that has to be explained. And for I don't know. There's something about your courses for my family that not only came from a biblical worldview, but it was so very relatable. And my children, it wasn't just like, oh, okay, we have to do science again today. They would leave each lesson that you guys did. And we've done so many of them since way back, like we were talking about before. The kids are like, well, when's the next lesson? (laughs) And for the parent who was really nervous to teach science or overwhelmed, like for my life, very overwhelmed. And so taking that on, if it wasn't out at a co-op or a tutorial, wasn't something I could easily do at home. It was such a gift and a blessing. Well, uh, that's good to hear. Uh, you know, for us, I think the hard thing has been to, uh, for us, is try to figure out, you know, what's going to really help to connect with, you know, the students, you know, what's going to really, you know, and so every lesson is uh, an adventure of discovery for us where we're saying, okay, well, here's the material. Here's the here's the basic facts that the kids need to know. Now, what's going to help this really come to life? Uh, we've been very blessed with hiring some uh, excellent curriculum advisors over the years who not only have helped to uh, inform us about, you know, what are the educational standards that we need to hit when it comes to this course or this course or this subject or whatever, but also people who have experience in the classroom in front of real live students. So they are, can say, yeah, this is what, this is one of those areas students sometimes really struggle with. Right. So maybe we need to do a little bit more here. Um, or we need extra examples or we need extra homework, uh, to, extra help homework to help with this or whatever it is, or we need to make sure we explain this and kind of over explain it because this is going to be kind of tough for students to wrap their minds around no matter what it is. And so for us, it's been a, a real journey of trying to figure out 
how's this going to really, how are we going to take these, these sub, these, uh, these bits of information, scientific facts, and really make them come to life for students? Um, and so uh, it's been a wonderful to watch that, uh, watch that come together. Yeah, it's been a tremendous gift. So for the parents that are balancing things at home and going, I'm not balancing it well. (laughs) How do I do this? I have all these kids. And I, you know, what would you suggest for like the mom whose kid maybe isn't ready yet to come into journey homeschool, but she knows she wants to do better juggling life, juggling science, juggling these activities. Like, do you have any tips for that younger mom, what she can do to prepare? I, I think one of the key things to remember is you can't do everything. And even with homeschooling, your job isn't necessarily to be your student's primary teacher in everything as a homeschool mom, but to find the best resources that fit your students. And, you know, there have been curricula that I've purchased for my kids over the years, and it's just not working. And I try to like stick it out and make it work sometimes, but sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes it's worth scrapping it and saying, you know, this is not, this worked for my first son. It's not working for my second son. And that's okay um, because there's so many resources out there and, you know, taking advantage of the fact that we live in an age where we can access teachers on all sorts of different subjects. Uh, There's so many video curriculum out there that is just amazing that we have utilized in our home. And to say, you know what? I'm not good at art and that's okay. I've got a couple, my twins love art. I don't teach art at home. We've got a local gal in our town who is an amazing artist and she does a homeschool class once a week and they go to that homeschool class for art. If we didn't have her, I would find a resource online and they would be doing that, whether it would be paid or free or whatever, we would find something because I I can admit I'm not good at art. And there's other subjects right. that we know we can't be the primary teacher in. We're not the experts. And of course, then sourcing that kind of trying to trying to resource where are those things that can help me. Just it's so important to be part of a homeschool community of some kind. Now, certainly you can find uh, online communities. You could go to, you could join a Facebook group or you could join some, you know, some kind of online community where people are swapping ideas all the time. That that can be great. Mm-hmm. But even having a local homeschool community of people who are, you, uh, other families you know who are homeschooling so that you can just simply put out a word about like, this thing's not working. I need something like this. And, you know, right away you get responses from 10 people that you know who are like, use this one. This one's really good. Or this, this is an idea. This is how I did it. Because as they say, it takes a village, you know, to raise a child. And I really think that's true. Especially you see that come through in homeschooling a lot where we don't, I mean, most of the good ideas we've ever used as homeschooling parents have been ideas that other people have given us. We haven't just come up with these things out of the blue or just uh, been, you know, just a nice little Google search or something like that and coming up with ideas. Most of the ideas we've had of stuff we've used with our own kids have come from other people we know. So the other thing I would mention, you know, for that mom who might be feeling kind of overwhelmed with everything that's going on and all the things that they have to do, Part of it does depend on where you're at in life, what's mm-hmm. what's going on, um, what other responsibilities do you have? I know you mentioned you've got a lot of listeners who are entrepreneur moms. If you're working 
and you're homeschooling and, you know, I get it. <laughs> There's a lot of things. We've yeah. got six kids that we, we homeschool. Well, not all of them are in school yet. Our, our youngest is one, <laughs> but you know, are there things that you can outsource? I've got a cleaning lady that comes in every other week because I can't keep up with, you know, deep cleaning the bathrooms and doing all that stuff. So I think there shouldn't be any shame if you say, you know, I'm working. And so I'm going to devote a little money out of my paycheck every other week or however often you need it to have somebody come in and help you with some of those things. And maybe it's not cleaning that you need help with. Maybe it's something else. But again, you you don't have you can't do everything. And that's okay. Yeah, I agree so wholeheartedly. We live in it. We live in a society where uh, there is a there's a strong pressure, especially on moms, to have to do it all, to just do to, to do all the things, to do every kind of thing. And in ages past and in other cultures, that wasn't always the case, where it was on the mom to be everything that a homemaker could ever entail being, and to do it alone and to do it perfectly. And I just don't think that that's a healthy kind of, uh, you know, I mean, it's not even, I'm not even talking about like a work-life balance. That's not a healthy life-life balance. <laughs> we live, we 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 want to, we, we so want, and I see this from moms all the time, they so want to do everything just right when it comes to raising their kids. It's like, yeah, but that this isn't, maybe this isn't what we're all built to do, to, to do everything and to do it all and to do it all so well. We have to lean on each other as best we can in this, so. There's, you, you can speak to that probably better than I can. So, yeah. <laughs> I agree. And after having experienced burnout a couple of different times in my life and knowing the path to recovering from that, I cannot agree more. It's so important that, you know, God's put us in community with others who have other strengths and we can bless with our strengths and the gifts he's given us and they can do the same with theirs. And it's so much more fun that way too. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot more fun. It is. So your curriculum is really unique, at least in my experience. And we've used a lot of curriculum, having already graduated one of our kids over the years. But you really intertwine in such a beautiful, natural way, faith and biblical principles. So I'd love to hear you speak on that, you know, help parents understand why it is so valuable to have it intertwined into what we're teaching our kids. Sure. The I think why it's valuable is because Christianity is not just a faith that says something about who God is, but it is a faith that says something about everything. Uh, it is, uh, it's like C.S. Lewis said, you know, C.S. says, I believe in Christ like I believe in the sun, not just because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. And that is kind of how we try to approach our science curriculum as well as we're kind of writing this out. It's not so much just that we want students to understand who God is through it. Of course, that is that is core to it. But all surrounding that is that God, through his word, has given us information about how to see the world around us and to understand the world around us through his eyes. And so a lot of our curriculum is designed kind of with that in mind. The first thing we try to do when we design this, when we design our courses, is uh, we want students to step away from the course with a sense of wonder about the world God made that, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of curriculum out there, especially ones that are trying to blend science and faith together is it, it a lot of times it always feels like an argument's being made here. Oh, we, we can trust, we can trust the Bible because of how it lines up with science, which, okay, that's true. I agree with all that, but more times than not, I, 
For us, we want students to walk away not with a necessarily an argument in their head as much as it is a, a sense of wonder about a, a wonderful God who has created this world with such beautiful order and symmetry and design and all of that, that they can step away from that and say, wow, isn't God amazing? So I think for, for us, the first step is really just trying to create that sense of wonder. And then after that, it's kind of the nuts and bolts of, you know, that the Bible actually has a lot to say about specific things regarding re- regarding the created order. And while it wasn't written to a, you know, a, a, a modern scientific, you know, postmodern kind of world that we live in, that kind of thing, it's not written to that audience. It is written in such a way that it does help us to understand uh, God as a God of creation, a God of providence, a God of order, a God of beauty, and that when we look in the world, we can see evidence of that. Um, so that's kind of for us a, a really big a kind of key takeaway for us is how do we how do we try to achieve that every lesson that we ever and, that we and write. really I think our goal is to present it in a natural way. Yep, we we right. try to look for the natural ways that lessons. Uh, key in on these things. And I feel like so often Christian science curriculum can get a bad rap because for kind of in an unnatural way, trying to shove some of these ideas of God in and um, like Luke said, becoming more of an argument of, okay, now this is why you need to. (laughs) And that's not our goal. Uh, Science, there's so many ways in science to just naturally bring these ideas back to God and what God's done in the world. And so a lot of the nuts and bolts stuff that we do, like in elementary, in the elementary years, uh, all of our uh, elementary courses have uh, stress on memory work and doing memory, memory time. And part of that is Bible memory. So uh, we feel like kids, especially young kids, are really good, gifted by God to be uh, <laughs> natural Bible memorizers. They at- absorb tons of information. Yeah. So like in our elementary, you know, we're we're talking about all these different organisms that God created. So we start by, you know, we challenge the kids, memorize Genesis 1. Yeah, the whole chapter. Let's Let's memorize Genesis 1 throughout the whole year, not today, not this week, throughout the whole year. And so we continue to, in our memory videos each week, bring that up. Uh, in Earth, in our Earth Science course, they learn all of Psalm 104, which of course is talking all about the different, the natural processes that are on and going on in the world that God providentially works through in order to, in order to uh, run the, you know, run the universe. Um, in astronomy, our astro- elementary astronomy cl- class, they learn all of uh, Psalm 8 and Psalm 19. So these are, of course, psalms that are focusing a lot on how the heavens declare the glory of God, how the heavens speak to us about who God is. And so elementary courses, we do a lot with like Bible memory. In our upper level courses for middle school, high school, we're always trying to find those interesting connection points between the subject matter and the scriptures. So for instance, in chemistry, it, it what what is chemistry about? It's learning about the fundamental bits of reality that hold the entire universe together. So what do we talk about? We talk about how Christ is the one who, as it says in Colossians 1, he's the one who holds all things together. So that God, Christ, as the as the creator of the of the universe, uses these these bits of matter and all the things that that make them up to 
to compose, not just to make the universe, to, but to work through it, to do all these various natural processes that we see uh, in biology. I know we've got... Uh, we Well, one of the big things I, I can think of how we do it in biology, we... We talk about anatomy in biology. Yes. And a real easy way to pull that in to what scripture has to say is to talk about how God created us unique. He created us to be unique among all of the different right. creatures in in the world. So, so there's but there's yeah. so many different ways in each of the courses that we can pull those in without feeling like we have to get preachy and (laughs) do things in sort of an unnatural way. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's one of the things I've appreciated so much over the years is that it was very natural. And I view so, so heavily, I view the world as so connected. Everything Mm -hmm. God made is connected. And I always struggled with feeling comfortable separating out subjects, honestly, because Mm -hmm. I see how connected they all really are. And yet it's an efficient way to highlight and focus, you know, different ways that God has provided beauty and just incredible gifts for us here in the world to separate out the subjects. But I loved that you always intertwined it and it wasn't a comfortable way. And when, when I look at the statistics, 80% of seniors in high school walking away from the church and from God, you know, and I do see these, so many of these curriculums and even just the ways things are done in churches a lot, unfortunately, even as I was growing up where they're very, judgmentally preachy, you know, holding to our foundations of what the Bible says is so important. But like you said, Trisha, where it's like an argument, that was where personally I found that many of my friends who turned away from God, that was the sticking point. They didn't want to live in an argument all of their life. And I love that throughout everything that we as a family have experienced through what you all have taught and the way that I try to teach our children is that we believe every single truth that God has put in the Bible. And it's not an argument. It's a celebration of his beauty and his love and his grace and his mercy. And I don't know, we've, we've really found that resonated so much through how your, your method of teaching and um, your method of teaching in those courses also I was mentioning to you guys before we started to record, and I want make, to make sure the mom who's listening today who has that little kiddo who's special, you know, who's got little learning challenges. You all somehow, without knowing it, <laughs> have been able to speak to my learners who have had challenges. And that has been one of the things that kept bringing us back and bringing us back. You know, they wanted to do that next lesson. I wanted to hear the next lesson, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just in such a way where they could absorb it. It wasn't dry. It wasn't, um, it was fun. You just made it fun. And so I thank you for that. That was really important for our family, just the love and work and toil you've put into this. Um, I hope it's felt fun for you. I'm sure it was a lot of work. Mostly it's felt fun. (laughs) Mostly, most fun. Mostly fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You just have a gifting in the way that you're able to express God's beauty in every little aspect of the world that you're presenting to the kids. Um, You have another course we haven't talked about because it's not science related, but it's a Bible course. And my oldest son is enthralled with that course and is so excited. His sister is going to take that course this year. And we will have every one of our children go through that course. But before we let you go, could you explain like what's in that course? Why did you make that course? And just sure. Yeah. Well, it, it was it was definitely at first was kind of a side project for us because we were because we really tried to focus more on the science aspect of things, really tried to go for those co- sort of courses. But 
the more students I was interacting with uh, through email and other things, I just noticed that for, for a lot of them, there wasn't a foundational understanding of how to read the Bible and specifically how to read the Bible as literature. Because uh, a lot of people have a sort of, um, I would say maybe an overly mystical view of the Bible where the Bible is supposed to be, you know, you kind of play Russian roulette with it where you just flip <laughs> through it and supposed to let, throw your finger down on the page and the Holy Spirit's supposed to do something in that moment as you read those words, whatever they are. And it's like, but that's not how God authored this. Uh, he didn't author it with just uh, sort of as like random little, uh, you know, court, you know, fortune cookie messages that are just kind of slipped into a book together. These are pieces of literature that have been bound together into a volume uh, that and this library that you hold in your hand, this Bible, this library of books is meant to be read as books. And so therefore it behooves us to kind of understand how do you understand, like, how do we read the Bible as literature? How do we understand things like historical context of the book, um, the literary context of the specific passage I'm reading, those kind of things? How do we do that so that we read the Bible responsibly and read it well? And my hope with that course has really been that it's not sort of the last word that you hear on, the, I mean, for, hopefully for the rest of your life, you'll be trying to learn the Bible and students will grow up wanting to, you know, wanting to hear great sermons on scripture, wanting to hear great, go to great Bible studies. And hopefully they continue that for the rest of their life. But I don't want to be the last word on a specific, on, on subject, on books of the Bible. I wanted to be more of kind of like a first word. Like, how do we, how do we, understand basic re basic reading skills when it comes to the Bible well, so that when we put them into practice, when we go out there and we hear a good sermon or we are in a Bible study, we're putting those things into, into practice. That we're saying, ah, oh, okay, so this is more information I can bring into this specific text here, and I can see how this specific thing I'm learning in this chapter, this verse, relates to the whole, relates to the entire book that I'm reading. Uh, I've, I think I use the, the analogy of, of a billboard where, uh, you know, if I were to if I were to take you up to a massive billboard and put your stick your nose right to the right up to the billboard, and then open your eyes so you could kind of tell me what you're looking at, chances are if you didn't see the billboard from from far back first and you're just looking straight up at what's in front of you, you won't be able to tell me what detail it is you're looking at. You'd be like, oh, I see some brown in front of my face and some blue over here and red over here. I don't really know what I'm looking at. But if I first had you step back and look at it 20 feet away, look at study the entire billboard, and then I push your nose up in front of you and say, what are you looking at? Because you've studied the whole, the big picture, you're able to now tell what the detail is. You don't know what that detail is. And unfortunately, when we read the Bible, we read it as if the, the chapter and verse numbers were in there to begin with, and they weren't. They, are, they, they were added much later, which is fine, but we zero in on a specific verse. If we don't know why is this verse important, what is it trying to say if I haven't read back, if I've stepped back and looked at the entire book first? So that's kind of the, 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 my, my intention behind that course and trying to help students to really read the Bible as literature. As you were explaining it, it popped into my mind. Did you name that course Equipped? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's called okay. Equipped. Which was the the perfect way to describe that course because it's exactly what you're doing for these students in that course. You are equipping them for a lifetime of yeah. understanding how to read the Bible and to make use of it as it was intended. And even though we've always taught Bible in our home and been faithful to make sure that that was the primary thing that we were instilling in our children was an understanding 
so that they had a real opportunity to truly make a decision for themselves. It was wonderful because the way that you put it together for my son, it just seemed to organize it all in his head. So it was really nice. I think it went. I'm glad glad to hear that worked out well for him. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think maybe we had given him sort of a, an ADHD understanding. I'm not sure. (laughs) You put it in a nice little, nice little organizing organization for him. (laughs) So that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, so students will be able to walk away from that course with an outline of every book of the New Testament so that anytime they're doing any kind of Bible study in the future, it'll be a, a handy resource they can go back to and say, okay, remind me again, what is the what is the overall outline of this book? How does it all kind of fit together? Okay, so now there's the big picture. So now, oh, now I can study this specific section knowing where it fits in the puzzle. Mm-hmm. I really genuinely feel that of all the subjects of everything that we ever teach our kids, this is the most important that we ever teach them. And it lays the groundwork for everything else that they need to know and learn and understand. Every other subject comes from that, you know, and without that really good grounding, it's hard to make sense of the world or why we're bothering to learn anything we're learning. Right. Yeah. So it's been a real, a true gift. So. We appreciate it. We think, you know, any mom hear. who's listening, hey, mom, sign up for it. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just for students. <laughs> oh. As you know, we strive to provide our children with a rich feast of subjects in their education. One essential aspect of that is ensuring they receive a strong foundation in math. I am so thrilled to introduce you to our sponsor, CTC Math. This online math program has been a game changer for my family, especially for my child with dyslexia. CTC Math offers engaging, comprehensive math lessons that go from kindergarten all the way through high school. The program is designed to build a solid understanding of mathematical concepts while still fostering a love for learning. With their interactive and easy to follow video tutorials, my children have gained a lot of confidence in their math skills and they've had a lot of fun. The lessons have been clear, concise, and they really cater to different learning styles, which has been perfect for my children who have had special learning needs. What sets CTC Math apart as well is their commitment to providing exceptional support. Whenever we've had questions or we've needed assistance, their team was there to help. So if you are a homeschool family who's looking to supplement your child's education or want a full, wonderful, love of learning type of math program, I highly recommend CTC Math. It's a reliable and affordable program that really will help your child excel. To learn more and to get started with a free trial, visit ctcmath.com, ctcmath.com. And don't forget to mention that you've heard about them on our podcast. So you guys- We have had adults, we have had adults take the class too. They're like- Or, or lots just listening with their kids. Or lots just listening with their kids, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we, we want, we think these courses are fun for the, you know, it's kind of cheesy to say fun for the whole family. Fun for the whole, fun for the whole family. But yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what we hope they are anyway. The snippets that I was able to hear of that one, because I just have so much on my plate, I loved, and I did want to listen in. And I hope at some point my husband and I just sign up for it and take it for ourselves, because every little bit I heard of it was so good. But when we did the elementary classes, we did walk through our very first, and I think second, astronomy course that we took with you guys. We walked every lesson with the kids through it. Oh, man, do we have good memories of standing out in the driveway, looking up at the sky, and, you know... 
Yeah. Our boys are all doing astronomy this next year. Well, our three, our three that are, my oldest has graduated now. <laughs> so the next three, and then our youngest, I think we're going to have watch the elementary astronomy. So we we're excited that we're going to get outside together all throughout the year and do some observations. And yeah, it's yeah. fun. And everybody can kind of do the same thing. <laughs> Well, it creates family memories and you get to work as a team, you know, in the evenings when the kids will go out with my husband to go look at the stars and do the assignments that you guys give with that class. It's so fun because they'll plan ahead and one of the kids will be looking at, you know, like, okay, what's the weather like this week? And Mr. Gilkerson says, if I don't get it done this week, I can still try next week. So it's okay. We don't have to stress out, you know, and they'll get their flashlights and <laughs> It's just yeah, I am fun. always I am always trying to say preface the lessons with like I know you didn't you, you know, weather made up we get bad weather we live in Michigan. oh if you live in Michigan you know like <laughs> like 60 70 percent of the year it's overcast you can't see anything so I get that so it's like yeah we don't want students to be fretting about weather when they're you know this is supposed to be fun this is supposed to be a, a chore to, to you know try to figure all and, that out and worst case scenario you get online and use that online planetarium yeah <laughs> Yes, the the kids, one of them told me about that either last year or this year, I can't remember, and they were so relieved because we had a whole patch of terrible weather. And so that saved the day. But it is wonderful family memories. Like this isn't just, oh, we're just learning science. Oh, mom just has a great way to get really engaging lessons. Now the kids can do and they'll learn. It's like you guys are creating something even bigger. You know, it's family opportunity, especially with astronomy to get out there. And, and in a way with chemistry and biology, when it comes to all the um, different, you know, experiments and stuff, that's really kind of a family thing too. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've had a number of parents send us some great pictures of like their oldest high schooler doing biology and doing the dissections with all the kids, you know, gathered around, watch them do it. And they're, you know, they'll say, yeah, he was explaining what all the parts were that we were looking at. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really that's cool. fantastic. And because, too, you know, if your student can teach their younger siblings what they're doing, then they really know what. You know, yeah, then they really know it. You know that they really know what's going on. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And those were uh, the dissections. I have to say the dissections were probably some of the most fun stuff oh. to film for those courses uh, because uh, they the, were fun. They were fun. Like she she basically handled she basically handled all the, the actual doing of the dissection while I was filming it. And uh, it was a lot of fun to put those videos together because uh, there's so you can find, you know, a guide out there, a written guide for how to dissect a fetal pig or whatever. You, you can find stuff out there on that. But man, trying to do a dissection from a little diagram in a book, that is hard. Mm -hmm. That is hard to do because nothing inside of a nothing inside a living organism is exactly what you're expecting to see. And it, a little cartoon image on a piece of paper doesn't quite do it justice. And it's only so we being able to like get right in there and see exactly what's inside these creatures. That was exactly real fun. where to put your cuts. It's yeah. yeah, it's just I felt it was so important that with those dissections, we just showed the kids exactly. Here's exactly what you need to be doing and what you're looking for. You remember the yeah. blooper, the bloopers <laughs> at the end of the. the, the we yes, had, we created bloopers with our biology course. Yes. So we had some goofy things some goofy things on the dissections especially yes. anyway. that was awesome yeah i know i was really glad to have the videos because we couldn't we could not pr um, procure all the supplies we needed for every single experiment oh sure yeah 
And that was so nice to be able to like, okay, let's rewind the video and just watch again real <laughs> close because then they could still do their homework. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. It's really good. All right. So last question for you. If okay. you were talking to a young mom, she's just embarking on homeschooling, you know, to all of us way back talking to ourselves, what would be your biggest piece or pieces of advice that you would give a family who's just embarking on this journey? Hmm. I mean, I, you go ahead and give your piece of advice. I would say, take it, take it one year at a time, one week at a time, one day at a time kind of mentality. Don't commit your heart to, we're going to, okay, so I like the idea of homeschooling. So for the rest of my life, this is what I'm, you know, for the rest of my kids' education, this is what homeschooling is going to look like. Or this is what education is going to look like. No, bite off a year at a time. And then in that year at a time, bite it off weeks and, and days at a time where it's like, I'm going to make a plan for how I'm going to tackle all these subjects each day at a time so that I'm not thinking in a big overwhelming way about everything that has to be done all the time From with every K child. K through yeah. 12. <laughs> it's just, it's very easy. And, it, and, and don't get me wrong because I mean, I think one of the most fun parts of homeschooling is planning. You know, I mean, it, it, by the end of the school year and you're getting tired of all the stuff you've been doing, it, there is something kind of nice in the spring about, about, planning like, for the next what are, what are the fun things we're going to do yeah what are we going to do next year so that's kind of fun but it's easy to get overwhelmed with all the things especially when you have multiple kids to get overwhelmed with all the things that you have to do so just take it a day at a time and and i think i already said this but i think my big piece of advice would be uh and it, it kind of goes along with this is do what works for your kids and realize not every kid is going to be the same not every curriculum is going to work for every kid. Right. And that's that's OK. Like we even know our science curriculum does not work for every student out there in every family. It's yeah. not a perfect fit for everyone. Because um, no course is. No, no, no curriculum is going to be perfect for everyone. And don't don't be afraid to call it and say, hey, this isn't working. We've got to figure something else out or we have to modify this. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be done exactly this way. It's one of the things too, we've had to tell some parents who write in and say, I can't, we can't seem to get all these things done. And we say, well, we actually try to give you more than what you actually need. So you can take the parts that really work for your family and leave the stuff that you don't need behind. Like with our elementary courses, we've got, you know, we've got book suggestions, living books that you can read on each of the topics. And parents are like, well, I can't find all these books. Don't find all the books. If you can't fit the reading in for the week, don't do any of them. If you can only fit, find one or two at the library, do those if you want to do them. But there's no requirement to do all the things. And same thing with the uh, high school courses. We've had parents who are like, but I really like this one textbook from this one company. Can I use that instead? I'm like, you're in charge. You could do whatever you want. <laughs> It's your homeschool. Like no one's going to, in fact, what we've tried to do even with our upper level courses or middle school, high school courses is we've even created reading plans just this year, just this year, starting, you know, because it was started with, we had one kind of recommended textbook. Now it's like, yeah, we have the recommended textbook, but 
if you use this one or this one or if this one. If you really or this one. like Apologia or you really like Bob Jones, right. we've some of those more popular homeschool books we've tried to come up with. Reading plans to go along with those, even if they're not necessarily our preferred textbook. Mm-hmm. If that's what you've got on hand, if that's what really resonates with your student, you need to use that. Um, if they're really learning well from that, use that. Yeah, I mean, so, I guess I guess the, the big lesson is, you know, you're the one in charge of this. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, this is your homeschool. So make it what you want to make it. Uh, yep. This is your thing. But and and I would say not just with our curriculum, but with any curriculum, you know, take the parts that are really working and right. go with those. And uh, don't be afraid to change things up when you need to. No. I agree with that so much. And it speaks so much to our journey and to so much of our success when we were willing to let go or modify. It's so true. So that was really excellent advice. Oh, I can't thank you both enough for being here. This was so amazing. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your experiences with the family. Thank you for having us. Oh gosh, my pleasure. <laughs> this was really fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from my mom's podcast, please share it and leave a review so others can find us too. See you next time.